Today on Locked On Ducks Hockey, the Ducks win a thrilling shootout against the Preds and mid-season report cards on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon, everyone, and a happy Monday to all you hockey fans out there. This is Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks, and you'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday about the Anaheim Ducks, OC's favorite hockey team. And before I get into the show, you can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher, or try looking manually on Apple or Google Podcasts. If you're listening already, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can hear this podcast daily. And it's Twitter time. You can follow us at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Despite the fact that I had no really hockey posts yesterday just to peel back the curtain, I ran 9.3 miles yesterday. It was the final race of the New Year's race in downtown LA. It had been going on for eight years strong. I had been a legacy runner for that race. So to run eight consecutive years on that race was an accomplishment, and I'm glad I did that. Unfortunately, that race has come to an end, as has many races that have come to an end. Maybe this running fad has come and gone, but who knows? Speaking of running, the Ducks ran off to a fast start last night where they played the Nashville Predators. And before I go further in, just quick apologies if there's any audio issues with today's podcast. So just wanted to get that out of the way right now. If you notice the audio sounds slightly different today, um, you know, not in my normal spot. So just to let you know that. As I mentioned, the Ducks got off to a very fast start yesterday. In fact, it got started right on the opening faceoff as we had a nice little scuffle right on center ice between Nick Delorier and Austin Watson. And I know many Ducks fans were very happy to see Nicholas Delorier do his thing and pretty much beat up Austin Watson. I know Ducks fans took a great pleasure in that. Right away, that fight sparked the Ducks. How much did it spark them? Well, it sparked them 21-4 shots on goals in the first period. Yes, you heard that right. 21-4. The Ducks scored on a couple of those. Actually, no, really one of those in the first period. And that came off of an Adam Henrique shot. And guess who got his first assist of the season? Daniel Sprong. And Getzloff would get the secondary assist to make it one nothing Anaheim. Kind of on a broken play right there. However, with 50 seconds left, Austin Watson would tie the game at one goal apiece, so it got a little bit even there. In the second period, Craig Smith would score a power play goal to make it 2-1. Then the Ducks' power play came alive, and it came alive in a big way. Adam Henrique would get the pass to Cam Fowler. That was a blistering shot from the blue line, and right on the rebounds right there was Daniel Sprong. Yes, Sprong and Getzloff were right there. But it was Sprong who would get the juicy rebound and put the puck away to put the Ducks up 3-2 to two at the time. And only two and a half minutes later, same thing. Getzloff, right from about the faceoff dots, you know, cross-ice pass to Sam Steele right over to Adam Henrique. And he would score a power play goal as well to make it 4-2 to two Anaheim. So as of recent, Anaheim's been doing very well on their power play. A huge difference after that East Coast road trip is they've been getting a lot more cross-ice passes. More one-timers on the power play, not just holding the puck for an eternity. The power play has improved greatly. I'll talk about that in a bit. 
So after two periods, it was 4-2 Anaheim. They're looking very good. Nashville would score two in the third period to tie the game up at four goals apiece. And on that period, shots were even 10-10. So guess what? We went into overtime. Yeah, overtime at the Ponda. And right away, there was a couple of fantastic plays. One of them, I have to talk about John Gibson. Yes, he did give up four goals, but Rocco Grimaldi had what can be described as a great breakaway chance. He had his chance one on none. Tried a fake move, did not work. Tried to go to his right. And John Gibson extended his left leg and the puck just very, very closely stayed out of the goal. It was right on the line. Gibson would play hero a minute into overtime to keep it at four goals apiece. That was the biggest play of overtime. That was the biggest play of the game. John Gibson has been incredible on goal with those spectacular saves, and he would keep it going right there. If not for John Gibson, the Ducks would be... They'd be further down in the standings than they already are. They're already second to last. Without John Gibson, they would be dead last in every statistical category possible. Just putting that out there right now. The game would later go into a shootout. Oh, the other big play in overtime was Anaheim had their own two-on-one as well. And their breakouts have been very good in overtime compared to where it was in the beginning of the season. You know, I go back to that game against the Chicago Blackhawks where the Ducks never even touched the puck and allowed Chicago to score and win in overtime. Yes, their overtime record started off very poorly. They've been getting better at you know maintaining control and taking it away from Nashville. And there was one play where they did exactly that. Just swiped the puck away, got right in a lane, and had another quality chance. Of course, didn't go in. So yeah, it did go to a shootout last night. And it started with Philip Forsberg scoring on Gibson. Then Andre Kasha had a nice little move-move backhand to make it 1-1 in the shootout. Kyle Turris would not do well on his shot. Max Comtois, he got stopped. He got absolutely stopped by UC Soros. Then we go into the third round. Craig Smith would have his shot, but that did not go in. So then the Ducks would have to rely on Jakob Silverberg. But he just missed. Then Ryan Johansson would go into the fourth round and he wouldn't get it in. Then Sam Steele couldn't get the puck through on the net. And by the way, one of those shots hit the post on a shootout. You could hear that ping very loudly throughout the arena. So the Ducks were just that close. Then we got into the fifth round. Michael Grunland, he couldn't score. So then we get to the deciding factor. Ryan Getzloff, El Capitan. He did a very slight left shoulder fake, kind of got Soros to move a couple of inches, and that was just enough for Ryan Getzloff to see that one inch of daylight between him and the net, put it right on that spot, and Getzloff got the game-winning shootout goal to give the Ducks a 5-4 victory over the Nashville Predators in a shootout. One of the most thrilling games of the season, and I'm sad that I missed that one live because that would have been an amazing game to watch. But that's okay because I'll see them on Tuesday anyway. But a great game for the Ducks all around. Power play was working very well. Once again, the Ducks pulled through on the shootout. They've been doing pretty damn good on the shootout this season. I'll talk about that in the second segment also. In fact, we'll go into the first intermission right now. But before we do that, here's some quick stats on last night's game. 
Total shots on goal, 47-26 to for the Ducks. They were 2 for 5 on the power play. That has been improving so much throughout the last maybe four weeks where their power play was maybe 30th in the league and now it's moved up to 26th or 25th. I'll check on that in a minute. But really, I have to give the Ducks a lot of credit for you know not giving up in overtime and really keeping it close. You know, they came out firing with 47 shots. You know, just keep getting the pucks towards the net. Keep going for those rebound chances. They're doing some things right. Yes, this is still a young group of ducks. Daniel Sprong is still developing. Sam Steele is still developing. Isaac Lundestrom, he's developing. So is Max Jones. So is Max Comtois. A lot of young guys here. The fact that they're even up with the ducks, that says a lot. Yes, they've been injured a ton. And they've had to bring up some of these 2021-year-olds to fill in the gaps. You know, we had Sam Carrick come up with Anaheim. He's now back in San Diego. But he is the goal's captain. You want Carrick to stay in San Diego. So really, I have to give the Ducks some credit. I know Team Tank isn't exactly happy about this. But take the wins whenever you can, right? After the first intermission, we're going to reveal some mid-season report cards for the Anaheim Ducks. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We're going to talk about mid-season report cards. And I say this because we have played 42 games in the Ducks season. I wanted to do this show on Friday, but... Thursday and Friday were already kind of jam-packed. Thursday was already a goals-related episode, and I really wanted to take my time on these report cards and actually give some fair grades for different aspects of the Anaheim Ducks and an overall grade. I'll do the overall grade last. What I want to talk about first is the Anaheim Ducks offense, and specifically just their regular 5-on-5 offense, which has been... I don't want to use the phrase atrocious. I don't want to use the term abysmal, but I'm going to. (laughs) The Ducks currently have 110 goals. That is among the worst in the league. It's tied for the worst in the conference. But when you consider, you know, games played, you know, goals per game, the LA Kings are actually worse. But when you consider total goals, Anaheim is... Third to last in the league, or fourth to last, the only teams that cannot score as much is the Columbus Blue Jackets, the New Jersey Devils, and the Detroit Red Wings, which are by far the worst offensive team in the National Hockey League. In fact, they're the worst team in the National Hockey League. They barely got their 10th win of the season a few days ago. Hey, good for them. That deserves a little golf clap. Okay, enough of that. So the Ducks right now, you know, the offense is not clicking as well as it could. Some of that can be pinned on just the youth of the team, a lack of movement on five on five. So I'm going to just go ahead and give this grade just a solid F. Sorry to say this, but when you have a goaltender like John Gibson on your side, you have to give him a chance to win it. And just as far as offense goes, it is not clicking in many of the right spots. So I'm going to be very harsh on this grade. The offense It's a flat F. 
Now, as far as overall defense, they've only allowed 132 goals. They're right in the middle of the pack as far as team defense, as far as goals allowed. And Jonathan Gibson has had, I think, a great season for the Ducks. You know, don't get me wrong. Gibson has let in a couple of softballs. But when you consider how bad just the defense in front of him has been, then you have to really think, should John Gibson be graded higher? In fact, I'm going to do that. Total defense, then I'll go with goaltending. As far as team total defense is concerned, they are not the worst. So I'm going to give them a D plus. Yes, I'm being very harsh on these grades because the defense has been spotty. However, when I grade individual goaltending, I have to look at John Gibson and Ryan Miller. Their save percentage is 906 and 901 respectively. Goals against is not bad. Ryan Miller at 321. John Gibson has a 295 goals against average. That is not terrible. I mean, that's right around league average. So as far as the goaltending goes, I have to give that grade at least a C plus. You know what? No, I'm going to be kind here. I've been really harsh. I'm going to be kinder on John Gibson because just for that spectacular save he made last night to save the Ducks from losing in overtime, I'm going to bump that grade up. It's going to go from a 79%. I'm going to be that nice teacher. It's going to go from a 79% to an 80%. He earned his extra credit last night. So John Gibson, I'm going to give you a B- minus overall. That's not a bad grade. Yes, there's been a couple of softballs that have been let in. And he has played a lot of games. So I'm going to give him the slight benefit of the doubt and give him a B-. I thought he's done a tremendous job. Ryan Miller, I'll give a straight-up C. You know, he's a serviceable backup goaltender. He's done okay. So those are those grades. As far as going back to... Well, staying on defense, we're going to go on penalty killing. And the reason I want to go on penalty killing is... A kind of segue into special teams. Right now, the Anaheim Ducks, their penalty killing is at a 78.9% clip. That is 21st in the NHL. Their PK started off very slowly. In fact, they gave up a couple of shorties, which really just did not look good. They allowed three shorthanded goals. A couple of those came early in the season. So if I were to grade the PK early in the season, I would just give them a flat F. But it's gone up a little bit to 78.9. They've scored six shorties themselves on the penalty kill. That is, you know, right in the top 10 of the league. The team that has the most shorties in the NHL this season is the Carolina Hurricanes. They've got nine shorties. Anaheim has six. That is, in fact, among the top 10 in the league. So for that, I'm going to give the penalty kill a C minus just because they've scored some shorties they're still allowing quite a bit of power play goals being 21st in the league is not going to do it now on the other side of special teams i gotta talk about the power play the power play has been not only an f it had started off as an f minus at the beginning of the league fans were booing at Honda Center during those power plays. And I can remember one specific time where Anaheim had the puck just kind of lazing around for about 20 seconds. Fans were booing this power play because there was no movement. It was stagnant. It was just bad. 
So early on the season, I would have given an F. However, over the past month, they've got a power play percentage of around 20%, including last night, they were two for five on the power play. Their percentage has gone up to a 15.5%. However, Detroit has recently done well on power play, so has San Jose. So Anaheim is still 27th in the National Hockey League in power play percentage, but at least they're not 30th or 29th. Below them are the Kings, the Devils, the Blackhawks, weird, and the Ottawa Senators, but the Senators are so far down on that list. They're going to be last no matter what. Anaheim has improved to 27th. So as far as power play goals, just because they've improved a lot over the past month, And in fact, they're getting movement. They're getting cross-ice movement. They're getting more one-timers. Those are yielding better results. They're getting better puck possession on the power play and keeping the other team from scoring shorties on them. So as far as an overall power play grade, I'm going to give an overall grade of a C-. They're just passing. But if I were to go between the first few weeks and the last few weeks... First few weeks would be a flat F. The last few weeks, I'd give him a B on the power play. A couple more individual grades to hand out. I'm going to choose a couple players that are not goaltenders, and I'm going to go on the lighter side here. I'm going to go with Jakob Silverberg, who is the Ducks representative for the NHL All-Star game. He's had what I think is a pretty breakout season for him. He's got 15 goals, 13 assists, 28 points so far in this season. And he's only got a minus one rating. But really, I look at, you know, his overall improvement as far as puck awareness, as far as, you know, grabbing those loose pucks, as far as shooting accuracy. His accuracy has gotten much better this season. So I'm going to give Jakob Sulferberg a B plus. As far as his individual grade, I think he's having a great season. And I'm going to give Ryan Getzloff a B plus as well. B, B plus. It was a B. When I had written this down originally, I had him as a B. Then he scored that shootout winner last night. So that got bumped up to a B plus. Look, Ryan Getzloff is the captain of this ship. He's committed to this Ducks team. He's committed to this youth movement. And he's trying to steer the ship and lead them in the right direction. That way the Ducks can really build off of this youth. And he's done, I think, a fantastic job just trying to corral all these young kids to try to get a few wins here and there. So Ryan Getzloff, I think just for his leadership, I have to give him a B plus and for the shootout goal in itself. As far as a shootout grade, I'm going to give that a B plus as well. The Ducks have done well in the shootout this season. So just for that, I'm going to give them a B plus. One miscellaneous. I'm just going to put miscellaneous grade, and I'm going to include something that I think people overlook is penalties. Look, the Ducks are the most penalized team in the National Hockey League. They have 500 penalty minutes. Yes, 500 penalty minutes. That is the most in the National Hockey League. And this will be of great joy to some of these fans. The Ducks lead the league in fights. The Ducks have 18 fighting majors compared to last in the league, Toronto. They only have two. Toronto's gotten in two fights. Arizona, Dallas, Buffalo, Carolina. They've only gotten in three. Then you go all the way to the top. 
Anaheim has 18. So I bet you're thinking, well, the crappy teams are going to have the most fights. That's not necessarily true. I mean, New Jersey's awful. They have 10 fights to their name. Detroit is last in the league in pretty much everything, and they only have six fighting majors this season. So that adage isn't necessarily true. The Ducks just have a couple of great fighters. Nick Delorier will scrap with pretty much anybody in the league, and that includes Curtis McDermott. So, you know, for the miscellaneous, as far as just, you know, trying to get that fight in them, you know what? I'm going to give them a solid B on that. Not B minus. So I'm going to go into my final overall grade. I know I have not given any A's. And I've tried to really, you know, have a positive spin on this. Notice that there was a lot of players I did not include on this list that would range anywhere from a C to an F. And frankly, if I'm going to give the Ducks an overall grade, I'm going to give them a D plus. And here's why. The Ducks are among the lowest in as far as sending points goes in the NHL. They cannot score. They can defend pretty well. But you've got to put the puck in the net in order to win in this league. And I have to give the Ducks some benefit of the doubt. They have been injured. They've lost some key players. Derek Grant, the elite 1C, is out for an extended period of time. Troy Terry. Terry had been doing well. You know, a lot of these guys are not supposed to be up with the Ducks right now. So there has to be some bit of leeway. So I cannot just give them an F. I can't be someone that says okay here's where they're at they stink just give them a flat f no i'm not going to do that because of everything that they've had to overcome so that's my official grade it's going to be d plus d no d plus d plus overall grade for the anaheim ducks there are some aspects of their game in which they could do better but it's still only halfway through the season the St. Louis Blues were at this spot. Actually, no. The St. Louis Blues were last place at this point last season. Am I saying the Ducks are going to come all the way back and win the Stanley Cup? No, I'm not saying that. Am I saying that they're going to get worse? I'm not saying that either. I'm just telling you what has occurred in the previous 42 games. And there is some room for improvement. Maybe players can come back healthier and stronger. Maybe the Ducks will get a top three lottery pick and they can pick up someone like Alexis Lafreniere. Who knows? And with that, I think we're going to wrap up today's show and it's halfway through the season. We've got another half of the season to go. You can download today's podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your Ducks friends to go ahead and subscribe. Let them know that we have a daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks. If you want to chat hockey with me, you can do so on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. For Locked On Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the week. I'll see you at the rink and stay cool, Anaheim. Anaheim.